Okay, so what I'm about to share with you is so good that this has got to be true. There are three keys to attracting anything you can imagine. And what I'm about to show you is the secret trifecta for manifesting. In three, two, one. Pushing the boundaries of expectations and rewriting the rules of adventure are the reasons we get up in the morning. This is a way of life, a huge and growing community of explorers and adventurers, leading the way, blazing new trails, and raising the bar. We share your hunger for a life without limits, and we know you'll stop at nothing to get there. Hey friend, welcome back. Glad you could join us. Stephen Canyon, kineticbelief.com is the website. And if you would like to comment on today's podcast, kineticbelief at stephencanyon.com. And uh, the 100-Day Kinetic Belief Guided Journal is available on the website. Try it out for 100 days and transform the rest of your life. Also, check out the upcoming event locations. Again, that's at kineticbelief.com. Good morning, Miss Megan. Hello, hello. How is it today? Wonderful, as usual. You look lovely and energized. And I feel good. I feel very to, centered today. To very good day. Have you seen any good movies lately? Um, yes, I saw 1917. I know that, because oh, I was with you. It was a war movie. I was there. You were? Yeah. Did you like it? I just remembered my popcorn and the movie. <laughs> your your eyes do kind of roll back in your head. when you, it was, <laughs> well, to protect them what from my frenzy. What did you think? I thought it was beautiful. I mean, it was a war movie, but the just the videography and and the the acting was amazing. It was a great movie. We don't go often. No, not very often. It was it was so well done, though. I just I was marveling at what it would have taken to um, shoot scenes that were that long, that that mm. you know ran for that long. How much it would take to choreograph the crew and and the the videography and then the actors as well is it's just amazing. Well they kind of it's like they shot it with one camera even though I know that there was some trickery in there yeah. but still as one camera that kind of followed yeah. the entire thing. It was but it was gripping a, though. Really amazing. I, I you know I just love watching anything that's just incredibly well done just of a high caliber. Hmm. And you know the story behind 1917 it just kind of I was thinking about it while preparing for today's podcast which is entitled The Secret Trifecta for Manifesting Ooh. and it's just the power of belief and watching that movie you can just see the the adrenaline the drive of the the uh, uh, main characters mm-hmm. he's going through the plot yes. and it's just based on the drive of his belief for manifesting a certain outcome. Yes. Um, but yeah, what a great Absolutely, story. Yeah. Let's jump right into it. There is so much power in knowledge. And knowing what I'm about to share with you is, I'm telling you, it's going to be life-changing for a lot of people. These are eternal truths in the most simplistic terms for understanding. And it's through enlightenment that comes wisdom and through wisdom, knowledge and knowledge, understanding. So consider the the three secrets as these three truths in sequence and how they unlock the secret to living the most abundant life imaginable. If you have an incurable disease, in sequence, these three foundational truths for kinetic belief will heal your body. And or if you're in financial lack, if you need more money for whatever reason you need more in sequence, what I'm about to share with you, these three foundational truths for kinetic belief will attract wealth into your life. Whatever it is that you desire, imagine and believe in the present tense with a kinetic fervor of unwavering commitment. 
Your desire will then manifest when it's implemented through these three foundational truths for kinetic believing. So let's just begin right here, right now, with the first elements of empowering success into your life. And it's important, this is going to be vital, listen today, that you do this in the proper sequence that I'm going to lay these out for you. The secret trifecta for manifesting of the the trifectas, the first one, well, first, somebody shared a proverb with me when I was just a teenager, and I've never forgotten it. And it simply said, uh, and it's in the king's language, it said, O thy youth, once thou hast determined thy mission within thy soul, let naught arrest thy steps. Translated, it simply means, once you've determined your purpose for living, let nothing get in your way. And then to pare it down even further, the beginning to determining your mission that was created within your soul is one word, and it's desire. Ask yourself, what do I desire? Answer the question fearlessly, what is it that I desire more than anything else? What is it? So understand that you were created in the image of the creator of the universe, and your task is to reach the pinnacle of success by continually advancing your life. And you do it with the full assistance of an inherent ability to be successful while you're here in the land of the living, and then, of course, eternally beyond. You have built within you everything you'll ever require to be successful. But first comes desire, because you've got to desire to become like the one you were meant to be. So the only question is, then, are you willing? And that's a big question. Is that desire, is that going to be something that springs up naturally? Or is this something that we're determining to sort of ignite within ourselves? You know, the purpose of your desire and the desire of your purpose is not a natural thing because the natural consequences of life in of itself is all around you. And there's so much resistance that's always being fed into our lives. Other things to consider, uh, the input from influencers, the input from opportunities that look more enticing than than what you may uh, have already caught glimpses of your original purpose, purpose kind of screaming out to you saying, what about me? Think about what I'm here to do. And yet these other things, it's kind of the, the shiny red apple or the temptation to take the, the easier way through life. So to answer your question, no, it's not going to be natural. So determining your purpose is part of this as well, um, is part of that step one desire, determining your purpose so that you can really um, allow that to gestate and cul- even cultivate that within yourself, the desire for that purpose. Ask yourself, why are you here? What makes you different? What is your genius? How are you different than everybody else? What are your aptitudes? What is it that you dreamed about doing as a child before anybody else started stepping in and saying, well, you should do this or that? That's why I think that purpose workbook that you made that's on the website is so amazing because I found throughout my life that determining that very specific purpose was one of the hardest components of manifestation in the first place. You know, being so convinced of your purpose that you're willing to go through this process that we're talking about today. You have to know your purpose because that, that's, you're right, you're going to want to construct your desires out from that original purpose. It's so easy just to desire something that you're seeing. And you follow after the senses rather than the innate purpose that you were designed with. So, yes, understand right here at the beginning, there is a distinct difference between the 
purpose for you living and uh, the desire that you may have that's whimsical, that's changing from day to day. I really love what you just said, that you have to make sure that when you're determining your purpose and your desires, that that you're not just taking everything as it comes naturally, because that's going to be based on your senses and what you see. So isn't that probably the reason that all of these people with extremely unique and diverse qualities all live in the same homes and drive the same cars and have such similar jobs and, you know, what they think they want is just what they've seen and you just go after that that's amazing what an amazing point to to be aware of those are the brochure the magazine desires that are fed to us through advertising (laughs) the magazine desire it's the lazy desire that's just what you somebody's put in front of your face and you look at it long enough and you say i i want that and that that does seem (laughs) a little contradictory doesn't it seems like we would be overwhelmed with the idea of what what do we want I know at least, you know, maybe I don't know how to get it, but I know what I want, but that's not the case. You really have to dig deep. Yeah, you do. And you're, but you're right. We are overwhelmed in the Western culture, especially. And in 2020, absolutely. (laughs) The, 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 you know, it's, we're in the candy store of desires worldwide, which is a distraction from purpose, a distraction from genius, a distraction from living your best life. When you are paying attention to the advertisements rather than looking within to find the, the, uh, the advertisements of your heart's desire. Well, it's just like, it's as simple as, I love that you're bringing this up because it's a very powerful point to even be aware of because, you know, how many times are you not hungry at all until you see the commercial for the French fries and then now you want the French fries, but only literally only because you've seen them. I mean, that's how open a, to suggestion we really are. Great point. We were sitting in the movie the other day. We had, we had already eaten almost all of our popcorn <laughs> and the drank the water before the movie even started. Yeah. And what came on the screen? Oh, it, like they literally filled up the entire movie screen with mm-hmm. screen with like buttery popcorn, like cascading down with a Coca-Cola fountain following. <laughs> and they didn't say anything. You no. just watched the image and you could hear the bubbles in the Coke <laughs> and the popping of the corn. Oh, and I'm and stuffed to the brim with what popcorn. Did you I wanted more popcorn. I didn't. I didn't, but I did. So, and awareness of being, um, you know, advertising and life trying Mm -hmm. to manipulate you is so powerful. Just knowing what the agenda is. Know your purpose. Know your purpose from within. That's good stuff. Not looking without. Once you determine that. For the purpose of this podcast, I'm just going to go out on a limb and assume that you want to attract the manifestation of the fulfillment of your purpose and you want to be successful. When your thoughts, words, and actions are in harmony, you're going to be able to hear the thoughts of God, your creator. When you turn your attention inward toward your soul, toward your purpose for being, and when you hear the thoughts of God within those words, your desires are formed. If you don't look within to find the inspirational perception of your eternal truths, then the alignment of your desires with the purpose of your existence is going to be impossible to locate. So the one who doesn't look within to locate the genius of their purpose, to locate their heart's desire, will live out their life just desiring what they see on the movie screen or around them rather than what they were meant to be. If you spend your life desiring what you see others with, then regardless of whatever you achieve or not, it's it's going to... Come and it'll go with sorrow. It'll come to you, then it'll go, and always with sorrow. It is impossible to become properly successful until you have overcome the fear of sickness, worry, anxiety, and doubt, all those things. Creative creators, human beings cannot flourish to advance successfully. 
while having a natural experience, while remaining fearful of what may happen to them next, anxious and worried, any of those things. So here we are at the beginning, trying to determine what it is that we are purposefully here to achieve and accomplish according to our original genius, and then we form our desires accordingly. I really like how you said that if we look within, we're going to hear. We're going to hear our purpose. We're going to hear those next steps. We're going to hear from that depth of understanding that's within us. Um, Now, what I want to have a better understanding of is how deep do we need to go in that looking within process to hear? Because I know even for myself, a lot of times I will approach spiritual things and looking within almost like I'm going through the drive-through. You know, it's like this, um, oh, I'm having a stressful moment or, oh, I'm a little confused. Let me look within real, real quick. <laughs> and that's not it. That's not, I don't think that's it anyways. Can you do this haphazardly or does this have to be you know, an intensive meditative process? What is the, what does this look like day to day? Great question, Megan. You've got to look deeply enough within to fall in love with yourself unconditionally, mm. to fall in love with your attributes and the things, that, again, that make you different from everybody else. Look, fear of rejection inhibits one from the ability to perceive the wisdom of truth. I'm, I'm a f- fearful that people will not approve of you. They won't approve of your... Uh, purpose and your genius. They want to prove of your desires. And so what do we do? We cast those to the side just to align ourselves with a faction and to hide within the numbers of many. And so that we can just somehow be approved of and find validation from the opinions, thoughts, judgments of other people. Well, what happens? Well, you end up living someone else's life rather than the life you were meant to live. I really like that point that you didn't give us some sort of timetable, um, you know, meditate 30 minutes a day to achieve whatever. I like that you said it just depends on how deep you go. You just have to reach a certain level of depth when you're looking within yourself to achieve these things. It's not um, confined by time. It's a depth of spirit and understanding. That's really, that's very Beautiful. Honesty is required to find your purpose and your desire. Meditation is required for elongating those desires into manifestation. We're going to get there. (laughs) That's funny because, you know, it's almost like if you just hurry up, rip the Band-Aid off, be honest with yourself, you can go deep very quickly. It's when we live in that denial, that self-denial, that it takes so long to go deep enough to understand it's yeah it's those uh you're ju- trying to justify being you yeah. you're, you argue with yourself within and it's those conversations that you're having back and forth and and uh trying to you know often people will talk themselves out of their best uh best mm. way of living their life so true. it's just a fear of rejection no life remains distorted and it remains blurred uh, in relation to those eternal things for those who cannot read the thoughts of God. If you don't do this, if you don't hear those those uh, inner unctions, then everything just continually remains blurred and you're tossed to and fro and, and you really cannot see clearly the path that was laid out and meant for you. If you are not living a life that you desire right now, and if you are anxious about today, and most certainly tomorrow, the good news is, is that you can change the path that you were on by finding your original purpose within. Simply desire to become your authentic self by forming your desires from the highest viewpoints for life. And then once you begin cultivating those desires constructed from your original purpose, the source of your unique self, 
the wisdom of solutions for the problems in your life, regardless of how large or complicated they may seem to be to you right now. You may think you're, it's just insurmountable in every direction. You may think that the, the gods in, of thunder have come against you and there's no way out. Well, I'm telling you that this is available to you right now if this is something that you really want in your life and you aspire to it. Your desire, when in harmony and in agreement with your purpose, unlocks an infinite wisdom for you to be able to attract the voice of that wisdom. You're you're not going this alone, by the way. You were fashioned to be able to come through and be a conqueror of anything. Your creator's unconditional love for you, it manifests your every single need when you are in harmony with your authentic self. When you locate yourself outside of negative source energy, that of fear, uh, those things that are around you that seem to be coming against you every day, when you can locate yourself outside of that, you're able to remove effectively yourself from worry and anxiety regarding finances, health, relationships, life, whatever it is. The advancing life is harmonious with the original source from which wisdom draws power and and, and you find yourself in just peaceful agreement, which construes the materials for constructing your original desires in accordance to your original creative purpose. As your desires become clear, fixate your thoughts, dramatize your life, see you acting within according to your desires, begin seeing with clarity until every single moment of anxiety has been thoroughly erased from your imaginations. This is desire in its purest form, which then leads to unlocking the three secrets for your success. How do we keep ourselves accountable through this process to, like you just said, dramatize your life? Because I know for me, if I have something that I'm working to manifest, those first few days or even weeks are filled with a lot of energy and a lot of ability even to pause and, like you said, dramatize, to imagine yourself with the thing that you're manifesting in that life. Um, But how do we remain consistent enough with that so that it's power? because you don't want to lose that manifesting velocity that you've told us about. How do you keep that from dwindling? Well, the first thing, you've got to do this. And right now we're working on creating desire, making sure we have an original intention for our desires according to the purpose of our genius. Fashion to your question, fashion the mental note of what that desire is. Write it down, put it in your journal. Do whatever you must do to properly begin the process of sequencing the first secret to living your successful purpose. Form the correct desire and then, gosh, you got to be courageous about this and become so determined that you're going to take your stand and it has to be a bold stand built upon your heart's desire. As you begin to incubate your desire, and that's really what you're doing, you're cutting it off, uh, all access to your desire, you're cutting it off, you're going to incubate this. Now, you've you fashioned it, you know it's according to your original purpose, you know what the desire is, and now you're going to incubate it. Make absolutely certain that if you have the, and I mean, just the slightest hint of anxiety or worry about your success, Understand that for you to perfect your desires, everything required is within you to do that. For example, if you're sick, you have access to all the universal strength that's sufficient for healing your body from every imaginable possible infirmary. 
As a creative creator, you have access to infinite wisdom, power, strength, the ability to attract like kind your imaginations for perfecting your life by advancing your life toward anything that you may imagine and desire. Perfected health, perfected wealth, anything belongs to you when you simply begin to align your life according to your perfected desires. Know what to desire and know what not to fear because it doesn't exist if you don't fear it. It does not exist if you do not fear it. So now that we understand desire, the next facet to unlocking the successful life is going to be that of your imagination. Remember that as as you are beginning to pack your bags for this journey that you were meant to live, that each key to unlocking your successful life requires a journal for discovery. Log your desires as they're being formulated. And then next we go to work on the imagination. So a purpose of the imagination is to complete thought connections with that of your desires. And the way to construct this is to form an image of yourself as you desire it to be. In other words, imagine yourself within your desires and then spend sufficient time imagining yourself by meditating daily and then continually until your imaginations become habitual. I love that idea of using that meditative time to really cultivate those those images and those pictures of you in that life that you are manifesting and believing in a present tense way. That's that's a great way. I love, you know, because a lot of times for me, meditation, it's it feels a little empty. And I think filling it with those ideas is Absolute, very cool. Yeah. This is where it starts to really become fun. You're rolling up your, your sleeves, if you will, to begin imagining. Things yeah. start becoming vibrant with colors and, mm-hmm. and uh, possibilities. And you're meditating on this. And you're doing this daily and continually while those imaginations are becoming more habitual. Yeah. You're, what's happening? You're getting them down into your subconscious. And this is where you're beginning to create kinetic energy toward your desired imaginations. But now understand this is not as easy as it sounds. <laughs> you were talking about, I'm so glad you didn't give us a, a length of time for meditation. Well, uh, and, and we don't, it's not based on the amount of immersion uh, in, in terms of the fourth dimension or that of time. This requires purposeful meditation, but I will tell you, success will require that you create your article of faith journal. And then use your journal as a proverbial yoga mat for meditation. Climb up on top of your journal and meditate. Well, and that does make sense when you lay it out like that for us, because you're telling us that we need to create these habitual imaginations, you know, making making those thoughts, uh, uh, imagining yourself in that idea, in that place, in that life, as a making that a habit and that's just, it seems like that would be the perfect way to do it because writing it down reinforces it. Reinforces it and it also prevents it from slipping away as other right. ideas and alternatives try to uh, jockey for your attention. Mm, that's good. You'll need to plan on doing this daily though for continuity. Most people don't naturally have the mental faculties for imagining well enough their desires into a distinct mental picture of themselves within the uh, perfected, idealized, successful life. However, I will tell you this, every human being, every creative creator has the ability to desire and imagine. Desire and imagine. So the article of faith manifesting journal for your journey is essential for constructing your purposeful imaginations according to your original desire. But now the issue is going to be this. You've never actually physically seen yourself in the highest viewpoint of your perfected life. 
it, so the clearest image isn't necessarily easy to form. You know, it's foreign to, to you. You're not necessarily living this lifestyle now. So this is something you've not actually experienced in the natural. But let me say this. It's not absolutely necessary to have a clear mental picture of yourself as you wish it to be. But what is vital and necessary is that you create a thought form for the imagination of a conception, a holistic idea of your successful life and how you desire to relate within that conceptualized life. It's the holistic imagination of a particular thing that develops the understanding of success, the wisdom of the success, and the enlightenment of your success that you will be able to project your kinetic belief toward the idea of perfecting your life. So regardless of what you're desiring to imagine, as you begin to create thought forms for your imaginations, it's vital that you imagine yourself as doing everything in the way a perfectly successful person would do the things you imagine to manifest, holistically imagining yourself successful. You know, you made a a very interesting point there that... If, you ha- if you're imagining a life that you want to be living and that you want to exist, you're also saying that you have not experienced that before. And so it almost gives you the sense of trying to explain color to a colorblind person. <laughs> you know, how do you even do that? How do you even, uh, you know, imagine something that you can't even taste or see or feel or understand because you've never truly experienced it? It's kind of like if you've grown up in poverty and you don't know what great we- wealth feels like, It's it can be difficult to imagine that. So having said that, how do we genuinely cultivate this idea when we can't really know what it's going to be like because it hasn't shown up yet? You imagine yourself immersed into the holistic vision of what you're imagining to see. How would it feel gratefully seeing yourself occupying the space of that and not being so concerned with the details of it? Mm-hmm. So like you said, there's uh, you know the idea of colors versus the reality of them. Embrace the idea of it and leave the details up to the law of attraction and the particles that you'll be attracting to manifest to take care of. I like that. You don't need to be the architect for the particles for them to assemble themselves. Yeah, you're working on the idea of a thing. The details will fall into place. This is important because it's amazing how many people uh, suffer over the idea of constructing their their perfect life and the image for every detail. And there's some real problems with that that I want to kind of dig into a little bit. But now that you form the desire with a proper imagination, being courageously fearless requires that you cast down every negative imagination that would challenge your new way of thinking. In other words, you, you must never, ever again think of failure. Don't think of weakness. Don't think of inability or lack or sickness and disease. Only imagine the way successful as successful people do successful things. The construction of these imaginations absolutely requires your purposeful meditation. You are constructing new conceptions and higher viewpoints for your life. So to do this, you must always think of yourself in relation with the newly imagined way of doing things. Your newly formed desires, according to your unique genius within, it constructs the purpose for your imaginations, and therefore your new conceptions for life. I'm often asked at our Mastering the Universe workshops if one must first become an expert regarding the functions of their imaginations. In other words, if someone is desiring healing from cancer, do they need to study physiology, uh, nutrition, 
anatomy. It's amazing how many people all of a sudden become as knowledgeable as the physician when they're looking for healing. Does one seeking healing need to know how the, the liver and the kidneys and the heart function? The answer is no. Actually, the less you go into the detailed study of the science of your issue, the better off you're going to be. The knowledge of health sciences is not perfect, which simply means that the study of an imperfect science leads to imperfect imaginations. Imperfection causes imperfect functions and attracts imperfect things. And imperfect functions is sickness and disease. This is true for all ideas of your successful self. So the desire for the platform, the highest viewpoint for your thought forms, holistically imaging yourself surrounded by the successes of your imagination is key. Leave the details up to the universe is what I'm saying. Leave all those functions of reality up to the substance of things that you're hoping for. If your genius requires further knowledge, the substance of all wisdom, according to your genius of purpose, will attract the information for your thought forms. Wow, that's really fascinating to understand all the different um, ins and outs of how the imagination works. And I really, I want to go back for a moment to the negative imagination. So you talked about casting those down. And you've told us before many times that you cast those down, down with words. So you have a negative thought, you replace that with negative thought by saying something positive, um, be it an affirmation or, um, you know, whatever, any kind of positive words to replace that. But what I really think is interesting about the negative thought is that if you you can become so good at it. You can become so good at casting down those negative thoughts because at the beginning, it's almost grueling. You can almost physically feel how difficult it is to, to get rid of a negative thought. But then the second one and the third one and then the 30th and the 40th, they, those become so much easier. Um, I don't know why that is. I guess it's from the practice of it, but it is. And it's always been interesting to me that if you don't deal with a negative thought the moment it shows up it almost immediately will take root and become very difficult then to to get rid of you're right and the reason that this is so difficult is because typically people are already rooted in a negative thing that's why they're looking for the positive thing and so what happens is someone says well i don't want this anymore so i want the better thing well when you say what you don't want you're focusing on what you already have and by focusing on what you already have, what are you going to manifest? What you already have. What you already have. And so that's <laughs> yeah. the circle of life. That's right. the that's the round robin that everybody finds themselves in when they st- first start trying the law of attraction and trying to work a better life for themselves. They're working on the problem rather than the solution. Well, I love that idea that, that you were talking about, just this idea of shortening your reaction time to negative thoughts. Don't let those fester. Don't let them just sit there and deal with them tomorrow or the next day. The quicker that you sort of nip them, it's going to be so much easier. You know, you're you're pulling out a tiny little weed instead of digging up this fully rooted tree. It's just the nature of it. This is a high level of imagination. That negative thing may exist, but not in your mind. Right. Uh, the nipping that you're talking about is casting down. It no longer, as soon as you've replaced it, it doesn't exist anymore. Even if the reality says it's there, let's say it's a certain amount of money that's not not a lot, not enough in your bank account. In your mind, it's no longer an issue because you've replaced it with the thing you've desired. Mm. 
I like that. It's like it's a fact, but it's no longer your truth. That's it. If your genius requires further knowledge, the substance of all wisdom according to your genius of purpose is going to attract that into your life. And again, any study of imperfect economies, be it your own or as a whole, uh, the study of imperfect science, imperfect mechanics for the purpose uh, purpose of establishing your desire for imaginations, mm-hmm. it will result in imperfect manifestations. Looking at anything that's negative to determine how to construct your life is going to manifest an imperfect negative back into your life. You know, that's a really interesting thing to consider, especially when considering, for example, diets. Um, a lot of people will center a diet around trying not to get cancer, or they'll center a diet around the thing that they don't want to physically have instead of centering a, the, a nutritional way of living around health. And that's a very interesting distinction that you're offering. That's right. You have to cast down the thing that you no longer want to imagine what you do want. And for example, for dieting, you imagine that you it, you enjoy the foods that are good for you. You have a taste for those as opposed to the, the things that you've enjoyed eating in the past. Well, and do you think that it's different when you, like, let's say that you're eating a salad, okay? You're eating a very healthy power salad. Um, And as you're eating it, you're thinking, oh, well, since I'm eating this, I'm going to try not to get cancer. That's why I'm eating this salad. Or then there's a person eating it and they're thinking, this is going to make me so healthy and strong. Is there a difference there? Is there really a difference in the motivation? Does that matter? Yeah, you only imagine what the end result is that you are uh, desiring. You don't even think about the road to it. Don't consider the journey to it. You just imagine yourself already occupying that space. Mm. Rather than imagine with faulty information, center your imagination upon the desire for that perfected success. You're not trying to become free from cancer. You're just celebrating the fact that you are. Mm. Use the holistic mental version of your ideas for success to create your imaginative thought forms. Whatever it is that you're wanting to change in your life, never again investigate the problems of your current condition as it is. All you're ever going to need to do to attract tremendous, great success into your life is to begin creatively desiring an imagined successful idea for that thing. So we're working today on uh, the trifecta, the secret trifecta that we need to to manifest anything we can imagine, anything we desire. And so we've gone through step one. The first secret is desire and establishing that purpose, establishing that desire. And then we went through imagination, negative imaginations, what to do with those, how to replace them. Um, What an interesting concept, too, that... I I meant to ask this earlier, and I just remembered again, why is it important? You told us first up that it's incredibly important to do these things in order, um, in the order that you're presenting them. Why is that? Well, because you've got to, if it's it's out of order, then the motivation and the uh, expression of each element of your ultimate belief is going to be skewed according to something other than your original purpose. Mm. So 
to understand a desire. For example, if you are constructing your life out of desires that come from a, a brochure that you picked up uh, right before you got on the elevator today, <laughs> rather than the uh, your purpose for living, then you're going to spend the next 10 years going down a road that was not intended for you for living right. your best life. That's really interesting, isn't it? I've never really thought about that before, that, you know, doing this in the in the proper order, you're really sort of building a case for yourself so that you you can look at what you're desiring and what you want to manifest. And then, you know, six months down the road, you're not going, well, gosh, was that really my desire? Or did I really want to do that? I don't know. Is this actually what I want to do? So it's making these things where they are deeply established in your process um, is going to make the whole thing work. And it's just, that's just fascinating to me that the order matters that much. Look at, look at life lived as just being, just as unique as your own personality, your identity. We tend to see ourselves as, okay, I can get, I get it. We're all different. We all think differently. We all have different personalities. We're like snowflakes. Okay, I get that. But then we go on and live our life just like everybody else. Understand this. The life is just supposed to be the one that you express yourself into, just as unique and different as a snowflake from everybody else's. So if you are in lockstep with 10,000 people, then you are 10,000 people wrong from your right. That's how important it is to locate your identity your original purpose, to develop your desire from, to create your imaginations from, to begin pursuing your best life. The desire, your imagination, it becomes your meditative guide for creating those thought forms of yourself, your family, your environment, all of that into this holistic imagined destiny for your purpose. And then refuse to ever again see yourself in any situation that's not in harmony with your newly formed desire and imagination. And then when any idea or suggestion, either from yourself, your friends, family, strangers, news, governments, whatever, introduce any kind of negative thought into your mind, cast them down immediately by conjuring your newly rehearsed and meditative thoughts in harmony with your conception of success. Think of yourself from moment to moment to moment at all times in the imaginative, realized conception for your life. Never allow the contrary thought to find harbor within your soul. The wisdom of this new way of thinking, I'm telling you, it's, it's this. As you dwell upon yourself in harmony with your highest viewpoints and thought forms for desires in agreement with your imaginations, the like-kind substance for your heart's desire, which permeates and fills all of the spaces of the universe, begins attracting substance to your thought forms for the singularity of purpose in order to rearrange your life accordingly and in harmony with your desires. Know this with assuredness. What I'm telling you is in agreement with ancient wisdom, philosophy, the world's thought disciplines, religions, science of quantum physics, all of that. Your desires, when they are well-maintained with the imagination and while considering nothing less than what you choose to desire, will kinetically and energetically result in your desire transforming your life as you've imagined it to be. You know, it's really interesting as I'm listening to you explain, explain this process. It, it's something that I think most people, the results of it, are what most people I think would call supernatural. Um, but it's fascinating because technically this is the most natural thing you can do. This is actually how we were built to operate. And this is how the universe was built to support us. And 
for us to be able to determine our lives and our fate and the destiny of where we're going. So I just think that distinction, I've never thought about it that way before, but I've always seen manifestations as extremely supernatural. But in fact, it does seem as though it's the most original, natural thing we could possibly be doing. And I think you're right on both accounts. It (laughs) is supernatural. It's the super on your natural. We are supernatural beings. I mean, let's face it. You are a creative creator and you have the ability to imagine anything and cause (laughs) anything to manifest. It's natural to be supernatural. (laughs) Yes, that is it. Nothing you can imagine is impossible. I love it. I love it. All things are possible. For those that have an ability to imagine, can you imagine? Yes. If you believe you can, then you can effectively attract and manifest whatever you desire. The power of creation is within you and more than sufficient to override any perception of hereditary imperfections, lack of opportunity, fears of inadequacy, lack of education, whatever it might be. The secret is to determine to develop the skills for controlling your thoughts so that you will only imagine every function of life in a perfect way by unbecoming every negative influence, every label of inadequacy, every thought of condemnation that says you're not able and you're not capable. Stir yourself up from moment to moment and do it from your eternal desire for advancing life, and you'll most certainly succeed. As we're going through really the intricacies of the manifestation process and attracting anything you can imagine, it's for me, it's really being revealed the importance of the journaling and why it's so important because. Everything that you just said is so focused. It is laser focused. You're talking about um, really running every single thought you're having through this filter to make sure that everything is being controlled and that it's all going toward that thing that you're working to manifest. And so without that journaling process, I think it would just make you go crazy because you can't just do this in, in the arena of your mind. You need that extra space. It's almost like the journal is some sort of extra headspace that's really required to sort of retrain you, to redirect your life. Yeah, and, and this is a good a good point you're making. And let me insert here that it's not so much that we are trying to select our thoughts as much as we're managing our thoughts. You can't keep thoughts from coming and going, but you can certainly prevent them from taking up harbor from within, from meditating on them and considering them. It's like a bird. You can't keep them from flying over your head, but you can keep them from building a nest in your hair. Well, and it also sounds like you can take your thoughts and re-cultivate them, re-sculpt them, teach them, you know, teach your mind to have certain thoughts instead of others. Well, you want to have thoughts that you choose to, to that you want to dwell upon. And that's the, the trifecta we're talking about. You First, you, you create a desire based on your purpose, and then you're going to start considering that, meditating on it, thinking about it, pondering that thought, the desire, and and then creating the imagination from that. What are you doing? You're managing that original thought. If the original thought's negative source, you manage it by casting it down. You don't, you can't, and and you don't, shouldn't try to turn a negative into a positive. One is not the other. Cast it down. You, You think, nope, that's not for me. I'm not going in that direction. I'm not going to con- start constructing upon that negative thing. And so what we're doing is we're placing the negative with the positive. Okay, so the third principle for unlocking the secret to your success in this trifecta that we're, we're uncovering here today is that of belief. 
Yesterday, I explained the power of kinetic belief and how it works in the podcast. And if you missed that, I highly recommend that you go back and you listen to that. Because the essence of what makes a kinetic belief different from a variable belief is that kinetic belief completes the trifecta of the three keys to unlocking your unlimited success. What is kinetic belief? Do you remember when Gilligan made some wings out of feathers? <laughs> yes, actually. And he was flying <laughs> over the hut. Do you remember that? Yes. And the skipper came out and said, Gilligan, what are you doing? He said, well, I'm flying. <laughs> and the skipper said, you can't fly. And Gilligan was like, I can't. And then what happened? <laughs> he fell. He fell. <laughs> but he was flying. <laughs> his, he, his belief failed him. Yeah. The wings didn't fail him. His belief did. Well, there are always those cartoons, right? Like they would run through the air and they would be running basically in open air as fast as they could. And then they would look down and go, <gasps> what am I doing? I and then do they would this. drop like a rock. <laughs> and you drop like a rock. The belief lets them down. Yeah, the belief. It wasn't a kinetic belief. There was no inertia to it. Right. It changed. It yep. became something other than its original intention. <laughs> oh, Gilligan. Gilligan. <laughs> what is kinetic belief? There are so many different types of belief, and not understanding the different types of belief will result in one not getting results. So that's why this is so important. Listen, kinetic belief is the power uh, that a creative creator initiates through the persistent authority and dominion that every human being was created with. It's the ability to desire and then imagine that which was desired as having come to pass successfully. In other words, a desire and imagination is nothing but wishful thinking without the inertia of kinetic belief. Let me say that again, a desire and imagination, the first two of the trifecta, it's nothing but wishful thinking without the inertia of kinetic belief. In wishful thinking, it doesn't manifest results. You establish your purposeful desires and then fashion creative thought forms for those imaginations. Kinetic belief provides the quantum substance. It provides the energy to the substance of your desire and the action of your belief. It then enables your imaginations to begin relating with your desires for success. Get out your journal. Notice you've located your genius of purpose and you've established a desire accordingly. Now, from there, you begin to create thought-formed imaginations to holistically immerse yourself within the idea of you, imagining to see how you will appear in the present tense, living the life you imagine. Now you create a conviction which is a formal declaration. It's your article of faith for your life, which means regardless of what anybody says, with a decision to never counsel with people again regarding your purpose for living, you are choosing to meditatively believe that you have already received the glorious consequences of your desired imaginations. You stir yourself up with gratitude for the establishment of you within all that there is. You continue to desire, imagine, and believe from moment to moment to moment to think of your imagined success as already being. Never doubting, fearlessly relating yourself and your thoughts to that of your chosen kinetic beliefs. But I have to warn you, there is a tremendous potency of creative power that your desired, imaginative kinetic belief is now attracting to rearrange your life accordingly. 
So don't struggle against your success. Wow. Now that you've taken us through the final piece of the trifecta, it's really fascinating to now look back at the first one, um, desire, and then also the second one, but specifically the first one, because I, it, now that you've explained how this kinetic belief facet is working, it just makes so much sense that it's really important to establish that desire in a, in a way where you have this depth of conviction so that when you're going through that kinetic belief process, at any given moment, you can look back and that conviction of desire is there. You're not looking back wondering, did I get it wrong? Is this not who I am? You know, because people will show up to try and get you to believe that that conviction is wrong. And so having that first step of establishing that desire to look back and to sort of cling to, as you're believing for it and as you're kinetically believing it's just going to really it's a such an important part of the whole process developing those convictions is vital to your success and and you must spend more time looking within than out because most of us tend to want to just look around to develop our convictions and our articles of faith based on the senses and what we're seeing around us look within you're going to find so much more within than you will when you look around and look out the, the vastness of the universe and all of its possibilities that are waiting therein from within your imaginations that are available to you through your desires, that are available to you through your beliefs, the substance of the things that you believe for. You're going to find the, the vastness of all possibilities already dwelling, already existing in the universe with the lens to see all of that by looking within. Ralph Waldo Emerson said, all I have seen teaches me to trust the creator for all I have not seen. Wisdom says look within to see. Hmm. The trifecta for creating manifestations never fails. The universal substance of your desires, when faceted as such, responds in truth and only reacts in absolute truth. Your kinetic belief When it's appropriated to desired imaginations and held in kinetic belief, it creates. The breakdown of the triangulated way of success is why most people don't get results. Let's say you want something sweet to eat and you're desiring something sweet. Somebody says, well, what do you want? And you say, well, I don't know. Uh, All you are is a desire. That's all you are right now. You've got nothing else. You're just desiring. If you leave it there, you're not likely to satisfy your desire. You just had a desire. But if you desire something sweet, and then you imagine that a piece of chocolate cake will be in perfect agreement with your desire for something sweet, now you're two-thirds of the way through the trifecta for manifesting something sweet. You're not just halfway. You're two-thirds of the way through. You have an established desire according to an imagination. You have a vision for your desire, but you still need to create inertia toward your imagined (laughs) desire. The substance of your desire, it doesn't exist yet. The substance of your desire is within the kinetic energy of your belief. If you simply believe that chocolate cake exists, that's not kinetic belief. (laughs) That is a belief that has no intention of having the cake 
while eating it too. I'm just realizing how many of us listening are going to go manifest some chocolate cake Don't you know really it. quick. Are you getting the hint? <laughs> like, oh, you know what? I probably should do a manifesting test run. That's a great idea, Steve. Well, well right, let's so, do this. Well, so we're working on something I here. like it. Well, so if the belief that has no intention of having the cake, if, if that is the belief, then, you know, then you're not working on something with kinetic belief. No, you have the desire for something sweet that's been, that's been uh, uh, determined. You've imagined the chocolate cake, and now you kinetically are believing. You're depending on an action that will take you toward receiving what you're believing to receive. You're working your faith. You're working your belief. So you get off the couch. You stand up. You put one foot in front of the other, and you walk to the refrigerator. You open the door, reach in, take the piece of cake out, get a fork. If you can wait that long, go back to the couch and eat your cake. (laughs) Well, what just happened? You had a desire. You created a thought form for the desire. You imagined the cake. You became emotionally grateful while imagining the cake, satisfied, optimistically happy. And so you took action to receive the cake, which manifested into your belly. <laughs> you know, it is funny. I mean, the way that you're saying it is, is sort of hilarious. But it gave me the sense, and I had never seen it that way before, that when you have something that you desire... Then the next step is to give it form because we talk a lot about thought forms, but that really, you know, that analogy you just gave actually was a perfect example of having a desire, but it's not specific enough. And so you need to give it that very clear and crisp and shiny form so that you know what you're going to be working toward. The thought form is the holistic image, the imagination for that desire. You don't need to know what the ingredients of the chocolate cake is. You don't need to be a chef. You don't need to get out the cookbook. You just need to see holistically the cake. It's chocolate cake. I I don't need to know anything other than that. I better walk to that fridge and open it up and see a chocolate cake after after all this. Okay, so now this is how kinetic belief works. For anything that you should desire to imagine and kinetically believe for. But when it comes to the life-changing things, those huge mountain-conquering successes, most people will take one step forward and two steps back. They try one thing and they decide that they failed. They desire something else and don't imagine to succeed. They believe that they might, then they fear that they won't. One person decides that, hey, I've got it. I know how the law of attraction works. So I'm believing for a better job. I'm so grateful to have it. I can see it now. I'm grateful. I'm grateful. I'm grateful. And then it doesn't show up in four weeks and they say it didn't work. Or they ask somebody for a better job and they say, no, you're not qualified. And so they say, uh, uh, well, I just uh, received the condemnation, the judgment, and now I'm in fear. And I go back in my belief from whence I came. Such is the way of the natural human being. But if you will desire to imagine your success is done within the substance of things hoped for, which permeates all things, by kinetically believing to unwaveringly see nothing may prevent your desire from manifesting. You're going to find the cake of your dreams. If it means I'm going out that door and I'll not return until I have satisfied my desire. My desire is immutable. My desire is unchanging. Creative energy is not a respecter of persons. It honors kinetic belief. Your 
purposeful desires for advancing your mind, body, and soul toward perfected completion. When conceived in the power of unconditional love with gratitude, it contains the creative force of kinetic belief. The world, look, it has evolved for thousands of years on the principle of kinetic belief. Constructive energy is not a respecter of persons. It honors kinetic belief. Your purposeful desires for advancing your mind, body, and soul toward perfected completion, when conceived in the power of unconditional love with gratitude, contains the creative force of kinetic belief. And I'm telling you that like kind attracts like kind regardless of present circumstances. The world, it's just evolved and evolved on that principle of kinetic belief. And it's by the attachment of understanding to the wisdom of the ages that you may quicken the principle of those idealized successes through the activity of your kinetic belief with faith that you will not fail. Remember that it will not be possible to be successful unless you know how to constructively kinetically believed to journal your expected manifestations. Desire begins with purpose. Purpose understands its genius. And understanding results in positive imaginations. Kinetic belief begins with the substance of faith. It's all those things that make up your articles of faith and your convictions and your meditative steadfastness and, and those dogmatic determinations. This is kinetic belief. It's a belief that does not see to believe, but believes to see. Desire, imagine, kinetically believe. I'm telling you, the seas will part to meet you there. Journal to apply kinetic belief to yourself and win at life. Unconditionally love who you are for the successful application of kinetic belief. The first step is to unconditionally love who God made you to be. Look within to locate your genius. And then cultivate the power of desire and imagination into an unwavering kinetic belief. And then with gratitude, call your creation by name. Call it done in your life as it was meant to be. Remember that you're not subject to anyone but you, unless you think otherwise. Just say this right now out loud. Say, there is no question... There is no question. There is no doubt. There is no doubt. There is no fear. There is no fear. There is no other way. There is no other way. But to believe in myself. But to believe in myself. I have unshakable. I have unshakable. Unbreakable. Unbreakable. Unchanging. Unchanging. High level. High level. Self-belief. Self-belief. Right now. Right now. I am more powerful and capable. I'm more powerful and capable. It's true. It's true. I have transformed into someone who can achieve anything. I've transformed into someone who can achieve anything. I will now achieve whatever I set my mind to be. I will now achieve whatever I set my mind to be. Everybody. Everybody. Better watch out. Better watch out. Because I have crazy confidence in my abilities. Because I have crazy confidence in my abilities. I unconditionally love. I unconditionally love. Respect. Respect. And believe in myself. And believe in myself. Right before my eyes. Right before my eyes. I've transformed myself. I've transformed myself. Into a highly successful person. Into a highly successful person. Hey. Hey. Others are noticing. <laughs> Others are noticing. My self-confident self. My self-confident self. <laughs> and they don't know what to think. And they don't know what to think. Because I'm kinetically believing. Because I'm kinetically believing. To attract. To attract. My best life. My best life. 
Ooh, I'm fired up, Steve. (laughs) I am too, Oh my goodness, we can do this. Yes, Uh, yes and yes and yes. Wow. If you're looking for more, I can't imagine needing more after that, but if you're looking for more, you can go to kineticbelief.com or you can reach out to us, kineticbelief at stephencanyon.com. What a powerful episode. This now has just, been wonderful. Now go and call up your best friend and just give them the secret trifecta for manifesting. <laughs> just hold up the podcast to the Just phone. tell them. <laughs> just tell them what it is. Oh, man, I love it. Oh, and we talked a lot about the journal today. So um, if you are interested in looking inside, peeking inside the 100-day guided journal that Stephen has created, you can check that out at kineticbelief.com as well. Make sure you check the events page. We're always adding new cities every day, new cities, new dates for 2020. We're headed to Dallas, I think, in Dallas, April. Is Dallas, March, Texas. March, right? Uh, yes, March. in March. Yeah. And um, yeah, we're going to be adding cities fairly quickly beginning in March and April. So just keep an eye on that events page. And we just can't wait to see you there. And hey, you know what? If you don't want to watch the events page, just sign up for the newsletter on the website and we'll inform you anytime we add a new date. So that's the easy way. Kineticbleak.com is the website. And uh, my goodness. What a day. What a beautiful, beautiful day. I'm so excited to get out there and and live it and live this and just do it. And then let's, you know what, after we enjoy the afternoon and the sunshine, why don't we just stay in tonight? That sounds kind of nice. Perfect. A cozy night in. Perfect. Love it. Well, thanks as usual for all the wisdom, Steve. My pleasure. See everybody back again tomorrow. See you then. Okay. Bye.